This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. What are some of today's unique customer requirements in the banking industry? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Simon Godfrey, Director of Security Solutions with CA Technologies UK. Simon, thanks so much for joining me. Good morning, Tom. To start out with, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your role with CA, please? Absolutely. So, hi, I'm Simon Godfrey. I run the information security risk and compliance business across the UK and the Irish market space for CA Technologies. I've been in this position approximately three years now. The, the role is a really interesting one that involves you know, a large percentage of customer and alliance-facing interaction. I spend a lot of my time at industry events. Uh, get very closely involved with a wide range of different customer-related activities. Uh, and these activities are particularly important because they help ensure that we, CA Technologies, are very close to and also have a very deep understanding of the individual challenges that our customers are facing. And also, it gives us visibility into what some of the market trends are. One of the really important parts of the job that I have here is to, to help ensure that some of the best practices gained through experience that we've gathered as part of operating in this marketplace for many, many years now is shared with our customers. The experience helps to ensure that our customer initiatives typically run more smoothly and ultimately deliver um, better value against the objectives. Also as well, in the current climate, with austerity being a key factor, um, with even greater control on how money is being spent, being able to show a strong track record of delivering value to our customers is, is particularly important at this point. Well, Simon, I know you've got unique and, and deep experience in the UK and EMEA. What would you say are some of the specific customer requirements in these markets today? I'm not sure um, if these are specific to the UK and, and the EMEA regions, but I'm certainly seeing them, um, and I'll cover them in a moment, as being very, very regular items on most of the security-focused meeting agendas, and they're regularly discussed at a lot of the security uh, industry events that I intend. Uh, and it's also clear that you know, these are important areas that businesses are needing to adopt practical approaches to deal with, as for many organizations, the benefits are significant, um, and the waves of change is very much already upon them. So, so what that means is, in many cases, it's impossible to avoid doing anything other than tackling these items, um, other than embracing them. And that's very much what the business is demanding. The specific areas involve you know, the cloud, consumerization, mobility, with the huge variety of mobile and smart devices being used by people around the world today, deperimitization, and the, the, you know, the move to a very much more collaborative working approach need needed across many security domains for example um, you know there are a number of things that involve advanced authentication amongst other technologies that need to be in place to support all of these quite disruptive changes that are happening in the IT place at the moment well I think you used the key word there disruptive changes and you're right that these challenges are not unique to your marketplaces they're ones that the banking institutions globally are are facing how do you see some of your specific banking institutions amending their own security strategies to respond to things such as cloud and consumerization and mobility? Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one because um, clearly, you know, these are disruptive things, uh, but they're extremely valuable. Um, and I think people are working on, on how they can be accommodated with a yes but answer rather than a straight no. As for many organizations, no is just not an option that's acceptable to the business. So what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a pragmatic approach to dealing with many of these subjects. 
Um, and there are a variety of approaches that are being taken. As one size typically doesn't fit all, as banks and also other commercial organisations vary in their appetite for risk, but also as well how they choose to adopt new technologies or new way of workings. So one thing that is increasingly relevant as people become more mobile and have even greater levels of access to information and data and from a variety of different types of device, uh, there's very much clearly the need for a security-savvy staff member. So what I'm talking about here is people who are aware of the, the potential sensitivity of the data they may be accessing or handling and the repercussions that not treating this data appropriately can have for the business that they're representing or working for. Businesses spend a fortune on creating and then sustaining their brand and what it stands for. Um, customers, of course, have choices in who they choose to bank or take financial services from, for example. Uh, and the way an organization treats their own personal information and security is an increasingly important factor in how people make their decision to use a service or not. Of course, there are security technologies that can provide the appropriate levels of protection, but it's far more than just implementing a set of security technologies. Simon, what are some of the best practices you see from financial institutions that other organizations could adopt? I particularly like your, your approach about going from no to going to yes, but. Absolutely. Uh, I think it depends a lot on the nature and the strategy of the organization and the customers and the partners that they're working with. Um, I've worked with uh, one particular organization, which is in the insurance marketplace, that was initially focused on achieving ISO 20000, which is for the IT service management area of their business, but made the decision to extend the initiative to include ISO 27001, uh, which is within the information security space, and also to include ISO 38500 for governance. Because for them, the project was not just about achieving certification as a tick box exercise, it was much more about having you know, a repeatable, consistent set of processes that would improve the IT service quality, you know, help safeguard customer data, and also reduce cost. So it's clear that you know, ISO best practice and the frameworks have an important part to play here, but there are a whole section of other best practice methodologies that can be, in, can be used as well. I mean, we have the ISF, the Information Security Forum, which addresses information security very much from a business perspective. Um, some of the good things about the ISF is that you know, the standard is updated every year, every two years. Um, this is to ensure that you know it's responding to the changing needs of many international organizations. It's constantly refining the areas of best practice for the information security space. It also reflects the most up-to-date thinking with regards to information security. And also, and this is quite important, is that it also remains aligned to information security standards such as the ISO standards, COBIT, and PCI DSS, for example. Also, with the advent of the cloud, um, the Cloud Security Alliance, has been formed by members from industry and customers alike that helps ensure that the best practice advice that's available and guidance that's available today can help ensure that organizations can make a safe journey into getting the benefits from the cloud. So I'm going to take another tack. I'd like to talk with you about regulatory compliance, and that's one of the areas that can be unique to a region. I know specifically in the UK and EMEA, privacy has been a huge issue. What are some of the regulatory yep. trends that you foresee having the greatest impact this year? Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on in this space, particularly since the, sort of the 2008 sort of crisis. Um, I've certainly got no doubt that businesses can expect you know, the regulations to be much more demanding of them than in previous times. Um, as part of that, there will be a, a demand for far greater transparency, but this will need to be evidenced by providing a view of the activities possibly across the, you know, the entirety of their organisation. Um, and it's most likely that the UK Financial Services Authority here within the UK with its more intrusive regulatory stance will be coupled with its insistence on board member approval. 
I mean, specific to the financial services area, um, we have, you know, liquidity risk, we have um, file free, uh, we have solvency two, um, we have PCI DSS, you know, it's been increasingly more visible over the past few years. So we're seeing an ongoing investment to ensure that companies remain in line with this particular regulation. Another area as well, which comes back to your, uh, your sort of data privacy area, is around the mandatory breach notification situation. Uh, today, it's important to note that it's not mandatory for organisations to declare that a breach has taken place, specifically within the UK. Um, even with the Information Commissioner's Office being given additional powers and the ability to fine up to you know, half a million pounds for the most severe of offences, companies may be tempted to keep quiet for fear of the repercussions of admitting that a breach has occurred. However, you know, with some of the EU data protective directives, um, particularly the 1995 version, being reviewed, it's expected that this will be um, changed within UK laws so that you know, there will be a mandatory breach notification um, coming in place before the end of 2014. So I suppose aside from these specific points, you know, there will still be significant debate between the regulators, industry partners, and other participants on exactly how these new regulations are going to be effectively implemented and also with costs still being very much a key issue for many markets today, you know, the industry will definitely have its hands full during 2011. Well, you make a number of good points there. Costs, certainly. We talked about the disruptive technologies. With all of this going on, where do you see financial institutions most challenged to comply with current regulations and those that may be coming down the road? Well, I, th I think there are a number of areas, but to, to, to be quite sort of specific here and to change tax slightly, um, there are some really specific areas that I'm seeing, you know, significant demand for. This is being driven particularly by compliance from either internal audit or from external regulation, which is for a far greater level of control and accountability for specifically high privileged users. So these are the sort of the systems administrators, for example, that have a higher level of access and also they have a far greater level of understanding of how to manipulate the systems that they're tasked with managing. So a number of organizations I've worked with are being required by their auditors to deliver a greater sample rate across a far greater number of privileged users' activities to prove that the controls and processes are in place and they're working. Now, for these organizations, this is proving difficult and expensive to deliver as typically manual processes for managing privileged access are in use today. So, you know, they're being asked to increase you know, the audit trail and the visibility of that and also the supporting evidence that the appropriate controls are in place means that typically more people are needed to deliver the required output to satisfy the auditors. Now, all of this is happening at a time when organizations are being asked to drive um, greater costs out of their business, to achieve more with less ultimately. So an important factor that comes into play here is automation. So automation of many of these compliance processes is definitely essential if both of these objectives are just to be met. So driving down costs, improving efficiency, but also making sure that you're adhering to the, the requirements of the regulator. Well, to boil this all down, given everything we've talked about today, if you could offer any specific advice to banking institutions on how they can improve security and compliance, I guess the question is, where would you start? Yeah, it's a, that's a very interesting question. Um, indeed, I mean, you know, for many financial services organizations, uh, security, I think, is, is already a security area. It's of great importance to them. Um, but looking at the disruptive factors, such as, you know, we mentioned a few of them earlier, mobility, cloud, consumerization, deeper implementation as well, you know, they offer additional and very necessary opportunities to ensure that security has significant and sustained levels of focus and attention on an ongoing basis. So security, in all of its forms, should be absolutely seen as an enabler to deliver 
higher quality yet secure services to your customers and deliver greater levels of efficiency to your business. So it can permit greater levels of information sharing and collaboration, which is absolutely being demanded. Uh, it can deliver greater levels of safe and secure interaction, but organizations need to make as much use out of the best practice advice and guidance that already exists to make this possible. Another thing as well is to ensure that the board are on board and supportive, making sure that you're using terminology that they understand and can relate to, you know, working hard to ensure they see security as an integral component of their business. You know, it definitely shouldn't be seen as a, a, a bolt-on fix after a breach has occurred or an embarrassing loss of a device that holds sensitive customer data. You know, executive support is essential if changes or improvements need to be actioned. Culturally as well, it's important that it's not regarded as being someone else's problem or issue to deal with. So the culture needs to ensure that it's everybody's duty to act responsibly with data or information that is sensitive and potentially damaging should it fall into the wrong hands. But it's important that this responsibility is brought into by the employees and the board and forms part of the company culture. Yep, it needs to be embraced within the business and as such is very much part of an ongoing and in some cases repetitive process that keeps people thinking and playing an active part in so they're able to see and feel that they're empowered to take appropriate responsibility with the information and data that they have access to. Simon, I know you've spoken about some very specific instances here, but I believe that you've spoken to some great global challenges for all banking institutions. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Great. Thanks, Tom. I've been talking with Simon Godfrey, Director of Security Solutions with CA Technologies UK. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.bankinfosecurity.com.